0: This is the Agenda podcast on the Blood Red channel, taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking points. Hello, it's the International Week. I'm Christian Walsh and I'm sitting here with Dan Morgan. We have no idea what to talk about, Dan, so what we've decided to do, because it's 12 games in, we're pretty much a third of the way through the uh, campaign and in case anybody's been uh, living under a rock, Liverpool are eight points clear at the top of the Premier League, 11 wins, one draw. From 12 games. So, we're going to have a look at basically the Liverpool squad and we're going to try and rank them. Right. Uh, now, full disclosure here, I've sort of dropped this on your toes at the very, very last minute. So, what I've done is uh, laid in bed last night and looked at the 20 Liverpool players who have played a minute or more in the Premier League this season. However, it will also take into consideration the Champions League and, and the entire campaign. The reason I've done this is because. Harvey Elliott would have been top and it would have been pointless this whole exercise. So we, we, we discount the likes of Harvey Elliott, we dislike, they discount the likes of Kiana Hoover um, and Rian Brewster. So we're just going for the players who've made a senior minutes appearance so far this season in the Premier League.
1: So basically what Chris is saying is while he's working me into the ground on liverpool.com, which is very good, by the way, and you should check it out. He gets to lie in bed and think of wonderful projects like this um, and then drag me off my written work again today, (laughs) which I've had no time to prepare for, and ask me my opinion on them. So Chris has his list of the top players that he's ranked in the Liverpool squad. I, meanwhile, haven't had a chance to even think about it. So that's how this is going to go. Chris is going to give us his list, and I'm going to argue the case yes or no for who he's got where.
0: Yeah, and I also think you probably need to join the union because you sound like a very disgruntled employee <laughs> at the minute, Dan. I'm really happy at com. I'd just like to add,
1: it's a fantastic place to work and we're doing some great work,
0: so please check it out. Blink twice if you're lying. Right, okay, we will start then with 20. If We'll rattle through, to be fair, at the, at the very bottom. Um, number 20 for me, James Shakiri. Yeah, yeah, I think it's... I mean, I don't
1: like to jump in too too far with these types of statements, but I think his Liverpool career is looking more ominous by the day, isn't it? Um, His injury at the start was mooted as being, you know, just a knock that might keep him out for a game. And we haven't seen him for, what, the best part of a month, six weeks. But also, you know, when we're playing this 4-3-3 shape, he's clearly not trusted at all, is he? And the, the, the run of games that got him in the side last season, I just can't see where it's coming for him, so... It's all looking very ominous for the
0: Shah. Yeah, I, I worry about him in January, to be honest. Yeah, you you just wonder. You, just, you do just yeah. wonder. Uh, number 19, <clears throat> okay, so this, this might be the first little bone of contention. I've gone for Naby Keita. I just don't really see what he could do, really, to be above anybody else so far this season. He's had a couple of nice little cameos recently, but you know, obviously everybody made a big deal, myself included, about that uh, Pastor Robertson at Old Trafford, and he did change the game in that game, to be fair. But... For me, there's there's nobody else who could be potentially a uh, beloved
1: No, I mean it's it's frustrating with Naby, isn't it? Because you know he has those cameos, and then it's his next start almost lets him down. It's like okay, you know you kick on from there, and thought he was fine against Genk away, but he's one of those players for me. I think a lot of people said around the Arsenal game in the AFL Cup, uh, Kite will will run the show because he's clearly supreme player, clearly supreme talent he'll absolutely run the game, watch him. And he struggled. And I think it was, I think it was a little bit unfair on him in the sense that, well, we don't know what his perfect game is. His perfect game might be him surrounded with the first team, with the players who are playing every week. You know, that's where he might feel more comfortable, not with, for want of a better phrase, a load of kids and, you know, an EFL Cup night against a good Arsenal side, which they were. So I think it's, again, it's the run of games thing with him. I don't see where he gets the run of five games that he probably needs. And, it's all a little bit stop start, so I'll agree with that. To be fair, yeah. And I'm
0: also just a little bit. I just wonder sometimes if the Liverpool that signed Naby Keïta for a year's time uh, in 2017 is just a bit of a different Liverpool than, than what we see now. You wonder what
1: he. You wonder what the the Leipzig Naby Keïta could have done in the 17 18 Liverpool side. You know when he, his almost his description was almost. A parallel to what Liverpool were in that season, you know, the the, the attack and the the chaos, all of that. You know, if he'd have come over and the ground running in that season, things might have all worked out different. But you know, we I've written a lot of pieces lately on sliding doors moments and mm. how things have correlated for Liverpool. So, I mean, it, it's all there for him still, but he's got a bit to do.
0: Okay, number eighteen, uh, Adam Lallana. He ultimately gets above Casey because I thought he was quite good against Aston Villa, and he scored at Old Trafford.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, tons of professionalism from Alana, what have liked, and and I think he's more mature than people give him credit for. You know, I think some people still see him as this twenty-six-year-old, flea-footed um, lad who's who's not really. For some reason, he's got this perception about him that he, you know, he's he's not really committed or he's not really, you know, some people have this this reputation based on purely nothing but their injury record, something that they can't help. I think Sturridge had the same. And I think Lalana had a bit of that, but the maturity he shows and, and the way in which he's he's committed to this Liverpool cause, I think it's something Klopp's done really well with the whole squad. You know, you see how the whole squad reacts after Madrid. You know, people who've only played one game in that run to the Champions League success, but they feel a part of it. And I think he's 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 done that really well and it's embodied a lot by Lalana, I think.
0: It gets a little bit uh, more difficult from here on in. Um, so number seventeen, James Milner. I've put Milner here. Mm, you're not happy with this. I've just put it because it just feels like he's still trying to reach the level that he reached last season. It feels like he hasn't really had much of an impact. He's he's been very important off the bench, um, but it just feels like there's no real tangible proof of of, of him. You know, sort of being being the the midfield that he was last season. He put, he puts on that ball for Mane, and and they went against Leicester. But aside from that, I'm I just can't. I think it's also to to stop right here and just say, just because James Millen is 17th doesn't mean I'm saying he's a bad player. This is all absolutely yeah, relative. Course. You know, this is all absolutely relative. That it's just that Liverpool, obviously, a uh, top of the Champions League group, top of the Premier League, into the quarterfinals of the EFL Cup. It's naturally going to, you know, once you get to this, it, it's just naturally going to be a little bit tougher to rank them.
1: Of course, yeah. Look, my argument would be that he's. I think he's had a better 90 minutes in that Leicester game than someone like Ox mm. or Divock, who probably hasn't even had 90 minutes. Mm. And I think that, you know, the, the impact of him in that game just shows how important he is to the, to the club and the team and the squad. And I think that even if you look at something like the MK Don's win where he leads that group through that 90 minutes at left back i just I'd just have him higher because if you've got someone like I'm just looking at the corner of my eye at the list if you've got someone like Joel Matip further up fair enough but he's he's been injured mm-hmm. and the thing that you can't take away from Milner is he's always there you know he's the first sub or when he is playing he's he never lets you down and the only way in which I would the only, the only bad performance I can think of is actually Sunday and I'm not sure that was his fault. I think the sub was wrong in that it was probably if he was coming on he needed to come on to shut down that right side of City or you bring Oxley chamberlain on first to make them go the other way but it was the right side that was the problem and we just shunted them out left mm. and I didn't really get it. So that weren't necessarily his fault. I think Klopp got away with one a little bit but
0: yeah, I'd have him a little bit higher, to be honest. Maybe a bit of recency bias then <clears> from <throat> yours, Julie. Uh, we'll sort of we'll go through, you know, sort of a couple of players at a time. Oxley Chamberlain and then Allison. Yeah, fine with that.
1: Fine with that. Ox is Ox is really refreshing, and I think he's a really honest lad. And I remember when he joined Liverpool, you know, we had that interview um, with one of the broadsheets, and he, he talked about the way in which he pushes himself, and it was one of the first things that jumped out at me. And I think he's been honest in terms of. He's not really where he wants to be, yeah, and I think that's that's a good thing. Even though he's putting pressure on himself, then yeah, I, com- I completely agree with that. Allison the same. You see how important he
0: is, but it's hard to judge him at the minute,
1: it's hard isn't to judge it him Yeah, because the injury's talking away yeah. from he him. Allison kept a
0: clean sheet, yeah, but he's done nothing wrong.
1: No, and he and he looks like his injury hasn't affected him. Is the other mm. thing, and he'll come back and he'll probably contribute to a load of clean sheets going forward. But but I think that we can't rate him any higher based on the injury. So yeah,
0: I was tempted to put him number one just for those. Uh... Wonderful leggings that he was wearing. I mean,
1: he, he, he somehow makes manages to make them look, you know, <laughs> masculine, Style, and, yeah. yeah, stylish <laughs> and everything else. Yeah, five pounds from Sports Direct.
0: <laughs> okay, here's one that I, I, we've already been talking about this on the way to the uh, studio, so I know that you're not going to be happy with this. But next up is Jordan Henderson.
1: Yeah, he, it's a similar thing to Milner, Chris. It, the leadership qualities is why I would rate them higher. It's I think sometimes with this I'm I'm guilty of just going how have they performed over ninety minutes with the football at the feet or I think that the things that Henderson and Milner give yeah are so pivotal to this squad and I think that importance is just why I would have them a little bit higher. Um, I think Henderson's he dipped in and out of games. I think he's had periods of the season. Okay, what probably no more than. We're under 20 games, of course, but I think there's there's a thing with Henderson and Wijnaldum maybe where you can go, well, he's performed bad for two games, performed all right for three, performed well for two. I think him and Wijnaldum could do with you know, they do so much for the team, but just having a run of three games where they're, they're absolutely brilliant for everyone to just settle down a bit with them because there's still those people who are saying playing Abby Keiter and Oxlade-Chamberlain mm-hmm. in the midfield, and you don't get anything near what you do with Henderson and Wijnaldum. But it's just a leadership thing that, that would put them higher for me, but completely see why you've done
0: it. It's just, it's just because I feel like he, he, he hasn't... I think he was a breath of fresh air when he went into the number eight position at the end of last season. I think it really helped yeah. Liverpool freshen up their attack. I think it really contributed to the way they finished the season. I think it was giving opponents something that they didn't really know. I'm just not seeing it on the front foot at the minute. The the creativity, obviously, sets up the the goal for Mane um, and it's a brilliant cross against Manchester City and he's actually creating more this season, you know, per 90 minutes than he was last season. Just It's just a little bit sometimes when you're looking for a bit more of a spark from that area, he's not giving it. He's also defending
1: more. That's the thing. You know, and I wrote something on that last month, didn't I, that, you know, Fabinho's, being more creative this season, uh, quietly. Henderson's actually defending more the further up he's playing up the pitch. Now, we know how much they facilitate, not only the players around them, but, you know, the full-backs as attacking outlets, for example. Jose Mourinho called Liverpool a puzzle on Sunday after the game against City, and the first two players he cited were Henderson and Wijnaldum. He said, because they almost give you an extra body on the pitch and it's just a puzzle you can't solve. And I think the work they do is off the ball and off the pitch and it all falls into that leadership bracket. But I think it's phenomenal. But, you know, very diplomatic here. I'll not not push the case too much. I can see exactly why you put him where he is. Uh,
0: OK, so we will go on. I'll I'll cluster a couple of these together again. Uh, Lovren, Origi, Adrian.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, And
0: Dejan obviously gets a bit of bad press no matter I think what he's been doing. I think he's in. been fine since he came in even in the Leicester sad. game yeah. you know, he, got, he got pelters but I thought he he defended against Jamie Vardy has as, as scored in pretty much every Premier League game this season he didn't get a sniff no
1: and I think what's what's present for me is that you always see whenever it's Lovren and Alexander-Arnold in the team that is the area in which opposition's target you know they they will look at that as their way home so he's got more to do in many ways um, but I think he's been fine Divock is Divock he's you know he's a cure of a footballer he's
0: just his own entity in many ways Um, I just put him that high up because I feel like he's doing more than what he's doing last season well he's doing an inverse if that makes sense last season he was coming on not doing very much but scoring really important goals this season he's not necessarily bringing the goals from the bench in the same way that he did against, for example, you know Newcastle or or, or Everton, of course. But he's just making a, a bit more of a tangible uh, yeah, impact, and he's yeah, he's helping Liverpool change the shape a little bit. And he's actually exceeded my expectations as as that sort of first attacking sub.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Adrian, I absolutely love because he gets Liverpool, and he's having a clearly having a lovely time being at Liverpool Football Club. Somewhere he never anticipated he could be at this point. So. So yeah, I think, and and he's performed really well, to be fair. I'm disappointed, to be honest, he didn't get the Arsenal game. Mm. I get the Kelleher argument, but this should be a, a real drive now to get him on the pitch as much as we can. I don't know, I was thinking about this this morning. If we win the league, how many league games has he got?
0: Uh, I should know this because I've, I've been doing all, I think he's got five or six. Has he? mm but shame, I d but man. I don't know does that rule exist anymore? I think it's just there's thirty-five medals and you give it to everyone. Oh you is wins, it? Yeah. Oh that's good. Yeah. I think we're in the line for one.
1: I'd enjoy that. Yeah. I was worried about Robbie Keane, possibly getting <laughs>
0: one if you wanted <laughs> <laughs> Robbie Keane. Who else, who got, can we just give Gerard one? Yeah. Just that's just, just, right, to annoy yeah. Just, just, just can give we one? Yeah. If we won the league, if we, if we won the league, we'd just give Gerard one him a one. Get a picture on his Instagram yeah. with it. <laughs> yeah, with a bit of uh, angel revive next yeah. to it. <laughs> that would be absolutely fantastic just get him back as the under 18's assistant for, oh, for the yeah. game yeah. there we go Gerard has won the league at Liverpool now stop know. it yeah. um, okay we'll go next with again we'll do these in a little bit of. well I'll tell you what we'll, we'll, we'll go with Matta first I've, I, I struggled a little bit with Joel Matta because I think he was absolutely brilliant I think he was probably on par with Virgil van Dijk mm-hmm. until he got injured but then the injury comes and it's just a little bit hard to put him any higher
1: yeah it's you know what we talked about Lovren before but the way in which you see this side almost missing Matip down that right side now is night and day. You know, you would never expect to describe a player of that ilk as someone who's had such a profound effect on the first 11. Um, but he seems to bring something now in terms of organisation, in terms of um, carrying the ball, in terms of out and out defending. So, yeah, I, I agree. It's a shame he got injured because. I have been worried about his injury record since he comes to the club and, and even since he got back into the side last February, you were just you waiting for it to happen kind of thing. You know, he has a niggle. It's the type of player who has a niggle and it keeps him out for a month. You know what I mean? He has a cold for six weeks. Mm. I'm, not, you know, I'm not being detrimental to him or over and there, but they are those types of players who they just can't seem to shake injuries very well and I hope
0: he comes back quicker than, uh, than anticipated. Okay, so here's one that's going to probably cause a little bit of uh, a little bit of consternation. If you're watching this on YouTube, this is available both on YouTube and as a podcast. If you're watching it on YouTube, uh, try and rise above it and, and leave a good YouTube comment. <laughs> if it's on, uh, if it's on uh, your nice, podcast. Man. Yeah, be nice. If it's on podcast, um, you know, please just, just, just do tweet Dan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so next up is, well, this is my list. So next up is Mohammed Salah.
1: Yeah. I, I- So I have a thing with this that the only thing I've thought of coming into this is we have to be careful because the expectations we now set for these Mm. players are greater than any Liverpool side I've ever watched. Virgil van Dijk's a really good example in that you might have him sixth on your list or whatever, but he's actually still performing as probably the best centre-half in Europe. But in the context of this Liverpool team this season, what's getting brought to the table is that other people are performing better in terms of what they're giving to the team. So I can't really disagree in that Mo's really important, and I think statistically he's had his best ever start of the season in terms of goals and assists, I'm
0: not sure, or ratio to goals to assists over the games he's played. He does have some fantastic performances. That goal against Arsenal is already forgotten about, but he absolutely leaves leaves (coughs) for dead. Absolutely, but he's a. This is the thing with me.
1: He's a player in moments. I've never, I've never actually come out of Anfield and gone. He has absolutely bossed that game from minute one to ninety, but he doesn't have to, and this manager I don't think wants him to. Mm. And I think he's a player who is comfortable not to. Don't get me wrong. I think that I think the Burnley stuff did affect him a little bit, um, because I think that he's always been trusted in this Liverpool side to act on his instinct. And that hasn't come off and he's, you know, he's had a bit of a tear and a strip off him from Sadio Mane for it, which I think, you know, you don't know the character of these players, but I think stuff like that does affect him a little bit because he's, you know, he's he's a player who, who relies on confidence. We've seen confidence players down the years. Emi Oleski was a classic one. Um, but I think that just, that, that second-guessed him a little bit. He was looking to, to pass where maybe he could he could lay the ball off and or he could shoot himself rather and, and I think it just affected him for a couple of games so he's he's fine where he is in that because like I say sometimes when we make these these lists and these judgments we, we look at how a player performs over 90 minutes and it's more about what they do in the moments and Sal is a perfect example of a player who plays in flashes of brilliance and the more he does that, the better. The, the higher he'll be ranked. You know, he's a player who exists for goals and goal records and all of that. So, so yeah, I think
0: that I think that's fair. He is an output merchant. So we have got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven left in seventh place. Genie Wijnaldum. Yeah, um, you thought he was a bit higher, didn't you, compared to Henderson? Yeah, that that's where I have a bit of a
1: a bone of contention. Is that I think having one, two, three, five four or five places between him and Henderson. I think they're doing similar jobs mm. over the course of the season. I think you'll probably group them together. Um maybe just one in between them. But I think um I don't I haven't seen anything from Ronaldo that has stood out compared to Henderson. You know, you could say his goal at Sheffield United came at a time we really needed it, but so did Henderson's against Tottenham. Mm. Um so yeah, I don't think there's a there's a, a massive correlation between them in terms of parallels so. I'll
0: I'll hold my hands up i watched the compilation of him against City before I went to bed last night no, so right, I think yeah. that might have because he was absolutely he was. One, again one of those so maybe it's in the back of my mind I'm going well has he actually <clears> been playing <throat> really well all season and I just didn't notice it and I needed the two minute YouTube compilation to tell me he's another like I
1: said I, I called Divock a cure, a cure tag of a footballer he's another one in that I was going into the game on Sunday and I knew oddly I knew one of the players I could rely on the most
0: was Wijnaldum in that game. Big Game Genie. Big Liverpool.com's yeah. Ben criminal calls him. Yeah, well, he is. He yeah. said if you were to have a Earth versus Space Jam style Earth versus the aliens game, Genie Wijnaldum would be his first name on the team. Man of the match.
1: He would be man of the match. He'd, he'd protect the Earth. He would. Yeah, he would. We'd have to be at home now.
0: We were yeah, we definitely was. <laughs> Mars away, he's not turning up, is he? <laughs> he's absolutely knocked on 60. <laughs> yeah, it's <to> Mars away. <laughs> don't even get him anywhere near Saturn or Jupiter as well. Doesn't even make the, make the squad. So we are to the top six now. So we'll sort of go sixth and fifth. Roberto Firmino and Virgil van Dijk mm. Firmino, yeah, started the, the season like
1: a house on fire. Um, and I don't think he's tailed off per se the amount of output you know he gives in terms of what he gives to the team is still there and it's not always to the naked eye. Um, but yeah, I think that's fair. Virgil, yeah, again, like I said before, he's probably still performing
0: as the best centre-back in Europe. It's, it's the standards, isn't it? I, yeah. I just think he's been 5% off what he was last season, but he was 105% last season. So Has, it's he, just...
1: has he been 5% off or do we just know... Are we are we less aware of that five percent? You know, mm. was that five percent a big surprise to us all last season, or was it something that we were we were noticing more mm. last season? Was it you know, I I can probably agree that he hasn't been to the absolute level, but when all that was new, relatively new last season, and we were going, God, look at this imperious man, mountain who is. Just given this perception that he sorts everything out, I don't think a lot of that's changed. Mm. You know, I think I think that still, I th- I, st- I still think there are forwards of Diolka Troidini walking on the pitch every week going, I can't be bothered with this fella. Mm. I'll just put it in the bank because we've got Brighton at home next week or something like that. And I think that's still happening, but we're just seeing it less and less. I mean, his his handling of Nicholas Pepe at Arsenal is still probably one of my seasonal highlights mm. in terms of he just said, "I'm not having you," but I'm also not having you to the point where I'm letting you know that when we play at the Emirates this is what you're in for Mm. he absolutely dominated him in the last 20 minutes of the game when there was no need to at all and it was almost as if he was going I'm Virgil van Dijk I'll see you in January this is what I do remember this it was brilliant and it was very very underrated and underseen but I think it's yeah I'll, I'll have it I'll have it because just purely based on who you've got ahead
0: The Agenda on the Blood Red Channel. The top six, I mean, we'll get to the, the, the top three in a bit. Um, but I mean, in, in general, I think four to six are, are all interchangeable. So for me, you no know, Van Dyke. And number four, I've gone for Andy Robertson.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm terrified that he's injured. And that, mm. that, I'm not too sure. The whole hasn't trained for two and a half weeks thing is completely genuine because we've seen him on the the Melwood images when the (laughs) pool have been training Um, but just the thought the prospect of not having him in this Liverpool team is God it's something you can't comprehend Um, and James Milner or Joe Gomez might be a perfectly adequate replacement Um, but at the same time yeah you want Robertson in that team because of what he gives you and and that's perfectly example by what happens on Sunday he's unbelievable in transition he is phenomenal and I think something that often gets overlooked is how much of an outlet he is to us in the last 20 minutes of games. And I think I was watching it Sunday and it's no an coincidence, I've seen it plenty of times last season, in the last 20 minutes of games, the minute Allison collects a ball, he goes left. He, he's his outlet. He's his outlet, And the 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 energy that he doesn't even preserve but he finds in that last quarter of a game, I think it's a real hidden weapon for Liverpool. He's a... He almost embodies us as well, mm. you know. I think we talk a lot about this connection between players and fans, and he is just that. And you know, the, the working the, class hero, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but it's it's it almost he almost knows as much as we do what these big games mean. So the, a, a, a slight example is the players do the handshakes on on Sunday. They break to the cop. And there's the, you know, th- there's the the token gesture of, of the clapping to the, the fans and stuff like that. But he just lets out this vorkus roar to the cop, you know, a big come on, a big let's have mm. it. And that's, that, that's Robertson. Yep. That, that's Andy Robertson. You can't take that away from that. And uh, his, his values to the team and that is, is unreal.
0: It's interesting you say about big games as well, because I think before the international break he would have been a lot further down but his performances against City even United um, you know in um, Genka home as well I just I just feel like it's uh, yeah I, I just feel like it's 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 his his season is getting better and better yeah, and it is, if it's yeah. being curtailed by injury yeah. it's a real real problem um, for Liverpool so we've got the top three now uh if you've been paying attention you'll probably know who those three are, although I do need to add something towards the end. Mm. Um, but so number three is Sadio Mane. Yes. Um would have been number one around about mid September, end of September, but for me he's dropped down to third.
1: Yeah. I he's see I have to be careful because he's my favourite Liverpool player. Mm. And the one thing I love about him is his temperament in that any situation you put him in is ice cold. You know, he's doing he's doing forward rolls on the Champions League ball before the game in May, in in the final, and June rather. And that's that. That's Sadio Mane to a T. He's, he's the player that when the chips are down, you can rely on the most. And the other thing I'd say about him is he wants to win the league more than any of us. Like he wants trophies at Liverpool more than anybody. You know, you see... He does the the inside Liverpool video that's come out after after the City game. He he's given it the big one to a camera, a tunnel camera after the game because he knows what it means and and he's he's got the talent to back it up. Is is finishing this season? I think's gone up a level. I think it's underrated how good he is in the air. Um, and I think when we are looking at the evolution of this Liverpool side, the way in which that front three can interchange or whether we change a shape, maybe go to a four two three one in future. He's going to be pivotal to that because he has every attribute for every position. You now he could be I still think he could be the best centre forward at the club. Genuinely. Um and that's not to detriment Roberto Firmino in any way. But I think your best Roberto Firmino replacement is Sadio Mane, and that's because of how good he is and how how elite he is now as a world footballer. So I would probably have him too, Um but but respect the, the order that you've gone for.
0: Uh, yeah, it was, it was really, really difficult. For me, the number one came to mind straight away, but then I sort of went, well, hold on a minute, because you've had Sadio Mane and, and, and the other the other player where you're sort of saying, well... And this just shows you what a season can be like, because for me, all of these have been number one at some point and all of them have probably been number three at some point. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. It, it's so interchangeable for me. Just, um, just off topic slightly,
1: can I just say that? And I just... Let, let the, the, the listeners and the watchers know that me and Chris are around the same age bracket, but we're surrounded in an office that is probably 10 years younger than us on average. So Chris, I'm going to say this to you because you will understand it, but this is like doing the uh, the Christmas top 40. Yes, on the radio. It, is, it is. It's like you sat there, it is. you're recording it on cassette. You know, and you're thinking, who's going to be number one? The teas me. We're getting down to it. I know who's going to be number one, but I just want to know, so I'm not going to turn the radio off. Your mum shouting you for your tea. Mum, wait. The top 40's on
0: So, what did they do for the Christmas top forty as well? Did they always... So they get to the top two, did they announce it, the, and number one. No, no, they don't. They just announce number two, don't they? And just then you know number two one and is. You know who number one is. Okay, yeah. So and then
1: they tell you, you know who number one is, but they still don't
0: tell you who it is. Yeah. So right. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to tell you who number two is, and you know who number one is so number two is Trent Alexander-Arnold
1: therefore, therefore yeah. so Trent is um is frightening he's 20 is he 21? 21 he's 21 now good God I mean we Liverpool have, this is the thing that I think is fascinating and perplexing about football at the same time We go and watch a group of lads, young 20s, every week, every other week. And we put these expectations on them, these life expectations on them. And some of us are almost double their age. And, you know, I'm probably showing my age a lot with this video. But at the same time, the amount of responsibility placed on young men um, on a football pitch and off it, which was examples recently with Gomez and Sterling, it it comes it comes home to roost when you look at what Trent Alexander Arnold is doing in his career, and he's just barely old enough to have a drink in America. Um, Liverpool have been linked to Jaden Sancho again today, and the first thing that strikes you when I'm writing about Jaden Sancho is he's 19 years of age, like he's left Manchester City, he's gone to Germany. He's propelled his career in the Bundesliga. He's playing for England and he's 19.
0: I couldn't use a Metro map when I was 19.
1: He's a teenager. Sure. Yeah, good God. What I was doing with my <laughs> life at 19, I do not know. And it doesn't worth bear thinking about. But but Alexander-Arnold is... He's remoulded the right-back position, hasn't he, in world football? You know, Danny Alves done it in 2005. He reshaped what we all thought a full-back was and could be. And this lad's doing the same. Um... I think, he's, I think he's technically improved is the thing that I would say this season. I think at times he was often rash with his technique and the way in which he would try and um, play certain balls or, or play his way out of certain scenarios or use a different type of technique to, to, uh, to execute a set piece. I think what he's doing now in play and from dead ball is terrifying. The switch of play Saturday or uh, Sunday with his weaker foot, to Robertson I always used to love Gerrard because of how he could hit a ball and how he could technically execute the strike of a football and I never thought I'd get I'd never thought I'd get anything near what Gerrard could do I thought Gerrard was straight ahead of Beckham and that's not just a Liverpool bias Beckham was technically brilliant but Beckham had other attributes what made him a great player Gerrard technically was the best player I've ever seen and alexander Arnold's doing it in a completely different way but he is becoming on par with Steven Gerrard in terms of what he can do with a
0: football at his feet. For me with Trent, he's just gone up a level that I didn't even foresee. Certainly not now in terms of I think he's redefining an entire position in football. Mm -hmm. I think in five years time, people will play the right back position like Trent Alexander-Arnold has played the right back position. He'll try, definitely. He will will launch a thousand mini-Trents across the world where people will say and it, you know it's it's credit to Klopp and his coaching staff for doing this as well but our right back can be our most creative outlet yeah. I mean it's it's absolutely incredible I did not I thought he actually had a bit of a rough start of the season because I think yeah, he's playing in a slightly different position and that's why I was sort of wondering if he should be number three um, but then the way he's kicked on maybe he should have been number one settle for number two because I think he had a very Rough start of the season because he's obviously changed his his role. Well, Klopp's changed his role for him, so he's got to he's got to do both. He's got to attack and defend, and 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 the way he manages to do that. You think about somebody like Dani Alves. And he was sort of for me again. We talk. We'll we'll talk about Trent the way we talk about Danny Alves because for me, Danny Alves redefined really what a, a yeah. right back would do. He was a right winger who got converted, but Danny Alves were playing a Barcelona side who had the ball eighty percent of the time. Yeah, so he never really had to track back, and they were playing teams in Spain. Quite frankly, who would not able to, 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 to penetrate the way that teams in the in the Premier League Our Liverpool are averaging around 60% so they're having the ball less than Barcelona had Trent's up against players who were far better than what Alves was up against in La Liga and he's, he's somehow managing to do both
1: but also what I would say in terms of his, his evolution is there's maybe a little bit of a misconception in him in that people group the both Liverpool fullbacks together whereas I think at times they're playing completely different games mm. so I talked about Robertson before And a lot of what he does great in terms of attacking is that marauding into final third spaces, is that carrying the ball, that transition, yeah. I think what you're getting with Trent now is that opposition are looking at him going, well, he's 10 yards inside our half, but he could still hurt us just as much. He doesn't have to get to the byline to destroy you. you. know, He doesn't have to get beyond your last defender. In fact, he's arguably weaker from an attack and output point of view when he's when he's in those areas. I think when he's picking the ball up 10, 20 yards inside the opposition half is where he's arguably now at his most dangerous. So how do you, you, know, how do you prepare for that? You can't because he's going to get the ball in those areas. But his execution and his technique now are, are leaving opposition with that, that almost helpless type of Kevin De Bruyne, Conundrum yeah, that you what have. What can you do? What can you do? He yeah. only needs one touch to open his his body, and then we're dead. And and I think a lot of this is I think a lot of a lot of it a lot of what's pivotal to being an elite team is the self fulfilling prophecies that exist. So if you if you're in opposition to Liverpool and you just believe it's the case because everyone's saying it, then you tell yourself it to the point where in which it happens. And I think that's I think a lot of what's going on is that. Trent mightn't even put a Trent might put a six out of ten ball into the box, but because it's Trent and because opposition are that terrified of it, it looks like a ten out of ten. And I think a lot of that's true with De Brunya. De Brunya just puts the balls in areas that he knows because it's him. His own teammates will gamble on. But secondly, the opposition will be terrified of. So I think that a lot of what he's doing is is different to Robertson, but it's equally as impactful. Impact impactful. Not even a word, but I'll
0: Well he's he's redefining the uh, the position. You can redefine the dictionary, dictionary yeah. Yeah. go for it. Yeah. Uh, and finally, number one, top of the pops. Uh, oh god, what's I don't know. Wet, wet, wet. Um what else? What else Been Christmas number one? Oh god, I mean it's Girls always, allowed.
1: Yeah. I mean I I always like I was like a classic though, Chris.
0: No. Cliff Richards. Bring Wam back. Wham. Mariah. So Liverpool's Liverpool's Wham. Liverpool's Mariah Carey. All I want for... enough wham. <laughs> <laughs> <last> 20 minutes. <laughs> All I want for Christmas is Fabinho. Fabinho, Henrique,
1: Tavares. Um I've got a confession. So I done I done an Anfield Rap podcast last year and after it I think it was Napoli away I said that not in these words. I said that I worried that Fabinho might not be very good. And I still wake up dreading that sentiment every day and you know what I'll own my hands up because I will do and I'm just a lad who talks and writes about football but I was wrong to some degree um, but the point I'm trying to make is that was still probably less than 12 months ago um, just or maybe you know it was 12 less I don't know but the point I'm trying to make is the the development of him in such a short space of time is. That I think if Manchester City had either Fabinho or Virgil van Dijk they would have won the quadruple last year and they would probably be on course to another one um, and that's saying something and I think Liverpool wouldn't be anywhere near where they are now and I think that the game kind of got away from destroyers, number fours um, rightly so but I think he's like we just talked about Trent, I think he's made his own position. He's made his own niche. He's become his own midfielder. And he's he's only getting better than Liverpool shirt. I think he's been absolutely superb this season.
0: I am also going to throw my hands up. I've actually written about it on Liverpool.com. Um I I sort of I didn't you, you I mean, I've been doing this ten years, and I've been doing it at, at various guises at the, the Echo and the Reach PLC, whatever you want to call it. Liverpool.com, blood-red for, for five years now. And you're always trying not make a snap judgment in public, but you can't help it. You're human, you do it in private. So there's definitely WhatsApp messages which hopefully have been deleted uh, to other members of, of the Liverpool Echo Sports Desk or to, to friends or whatever, uh, where I basically said, this is one Liverpool have got wrong. We've yep. uh, absolutely... Um, they, they, they've absolutely got the wrong midfielder. He'll be at loan on Sampdoria this time next year, which is, I, I deserve to be sort of putting the stocks on St. George's Hall and, and hit with a massive, I don't know, place of Viva Brazil or something. I don't know, something Brazilian, you know, something feijoada. It's a lovely. <laughs> you, you might like that, actually. I might do, yeah, yeah. it's it's a bit like a bean stew. Oh, is yeah, it? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I reckon you like that. You can't have meat in it, but you don't have to, so... Yeah, Fejioda. Google it. Um but yeah, back to Fabinho. Mm-hmm. Um he's 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 incredible. And there's still times when you sort of look at him and you know, the the only reason I sort of maybe went he's not quite number one. There's been a couple of goals where they've come from the the, the central areas. Liverpool have them from central areas. Kante's yeah, one, one that sticks out. There's maybe even Terreras in um in the Arsenal game, although it is 3 0 at that point. But it's just a little bit like, well, he could have probably tracked back there. But then you realise how much work he's doing. And okay, Henderson and Wan are doing a lot of running. And I think that's what's helped Fabinho is is that those two number eights are actually doing a fair bit of his running for him as well. But he's he's covering a lot of ground. I always think, and, and other people have said this as well, playing number six in a Jurgen Klopp side in a four in the four three three is is the hardest job in football. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I think
1: I think Jordan Henderson was. Underrated in how good a job he's done in sixteen seventeen, 17 it?
0: And I'm not just saying, it, you know, Jordan Henderson goes to Jürgen Klopp at some point last season just goes, can I play as a number eight, please? Yeah. And I'm not saying it because he's trying to shake any sort of responsibility because that's not the type of player he is. I'm not saying it because he's knackered because that's not the type of player he is. I think it probably, after so many years, just absolutely gets you down. You think... I could just do the, you know, I could just do with a little bit of fun, yeah. Because I don't get me wrong, Fabinho's having fun, but he's got so much responsibility there. He's covering so much ground, and what he's also doing, and you alluded to this in terms of making the position his own, he's more creative than Henderson, yeah. In terms of key passes per ninety, he's more creative than Wijnaldum. He's all, he, he's, he, he's almost like a, and it's a, it's a cliche because I've read it on social media, but he's almost that mix between Alonso and Mascherano.
1: Yeah, I was actually. I would actually put him in the Vieira bracket because everyone made an assumption on Vieira when he first came to prominence that because he was tall, he was physical, he played as a number four, he wore number four, he was a destroyer, he was a stopper, he was a player who would break up the play and give the ball. Vieira's one of the most technically creative players I have ever seen. You know, he was streets above his contemporaries, and I put Roy Keane in that. Roy Keane was a fantastic player um, and they had some ding-dongs down the years, but but he'd never got naviated in terms of ability. And and I think where Fabinho can still develop and where Liverpool have done a lot of work with him is physically and his physicality. And, and I remember when he first signed and there was all the stuff about how Liverpool put him on a specific programme to get his core strength up and to manage him. To a point where you know he gets through 90 minutes in the Premier League at the pace that's required. If he can, if he can go up another level physically, because I think that's where when you talk about the goals we've conceded that might have come from him. I think there has been a case where he's tailed off a bit physically in games in the last quarter, and that's completely understandable, like you say, given how much we have to put on the number six to do in a game. But I think if he can go up that that notch. And just add that little little bit more strength and conditioning and and physical prowess to his game than God. What you know, I think you're talking about a a player of the year, a, you know, a PFA player of the year in, in less than two years' time and hopefully, you know, a Premier League
0: winner. Fingers crossed. Um so that was our list. I have realised one thing. Joe Gomez. Joe Gomez. <laughs> I knew it. As soon as I first said his name, I was like, "He's not on that list." I got onto it. I got onto Joe Gomez way earlier, and then you mentioned his name, and I went, "So, oh, alright, okay." So, um no, Joe Gomez isn't first for absolutely being in the head of Raheem Sterling. <laughs> um, although I suppose that was a nice little sort of people were probably sitting there going, "They haven't got Gomez first, here, have they have <laughs> like, the." Someone, someone's going, How, how's, "How's Gomez in the top it's four Joe Gomez, yet? Christmas number one. <laughs> Where are we putting Gomez? I would genuinely... genuinely Milner and Lani.
1: I genuinely put him just above Shakiri, who's bottom. He struggled Joe Gomez this season. Um, He struggled particularly at centre-half. I have a thing that... I have a thing that I think Jürgen Klopp goes to certain players about certain things in the squad and I think Virgil van Dijk is one of those players and I think it's very telling that after the Salzburg 4-3 at home Joe Gomez plays in that game at centre-back with Virgil van Dijk in a game where Virgil looks flustered and anxious to say the least about the players around him mm. and the next game on Lovren's mm. in the side and they're very good friends Gomez and van Dijk but I just wonder whether van Dijk felt like he was having to carry a lot of water um, and a lot of it, a lot of Joe Gomez's water. Whether that means that there's opportunities for him at right back as the season goes on, I don't know. Given, you know, we need to rotate Trent or we need to rotate Robo but but I would say that at centre back I think he's took a step backwards. Do you think?
0: Yeah. I, I, I would go along with that. I think it's unfortunate. I think he's still really sorting things out with his his injuries yeah. and it's it's pretty harsh
1: he's another player with time on his side yeah let's not forget Master of Leeds, 22 yeah so he's got tons and tons and tons of time to to re-establish himself, um, but he's I think just
0: finding his pieces, isn't he? Has a bit of a dip. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank you very much for that, Dan. We hope you went all the way through that. Uh, we do apologise to Joe Gomez for making him wait till the end and then dropping him right to second last. <laughs> uh, but apart from that, Fabinho one, Trend two, Mané three. Go back through it. Let us know your thoughts. Make sure you subscribe to the Blood Red YouTube channel. Make sure you download the podcast, however you consume your podcasts thank you very much hope you enjoyed it maybe we'll do this again soon enjoy the international break you've been listening to the agenda podcast on the blood red channel